Panthers Insider, live every Saturday, Sports Radio 93.7 The Fan. We'll be on for the next hour, and we've got a lot to discuss. It's been an interesting week in the world of college sports, in the world of the Atlantic Coast Conference. The world is not ending, despite many thoughts otherwise. We're going to dig into this, though. The ACC grant of rights. We're going to talk about conference realignment. Talk about Pitt's position in this power super conference era. And I, I would say, and again, uh, I probably get criticized for being a shill or, or promoting, but I would say Pitt's position is strong by every objective measure. And we'll talk about that in segment two. Really want to dig into though, kind of every year, May and June we get this recurring conversation that the landscape of college sports is going to change again. And I would say that that is not a wholly illegitimate thought. It tends to happen around conference meetings. Heather like Pat Narduzzi, Jeff Capel, and Amelia Island, Florida, earlier this week for the ACC meetings, talking about the league and the Magnificent Seven and rumors of, you know, fights in the lobby of the hotel that were later disproven. But tensions are certainly high, and there's a lot of money at stake. We'll talk about why that is for the ACC, why the grant of rights is, is such a interesting topic. And I want to hear from you, 412-928-9370, 412-928-9370. Talk about your thoughts on, on where Pitt's at, your concerns where is the best place for Pitt? Is it the ACC? What happens if there's movement? This is the time of the year that this gets discussed. No football, no basketball. Four months before the chalk lines are painted and football is played at Acrisure Stadium and 64 other Power 5 conference schools across the country. So there's a lot to, to contemplate with regard to the future. But before we get into that, I got to give a couple shout outs. First of all, it's rainy out there. It's ugly. But there are a lot of, of Pitt people, including former Pitt quarterback and current Pittsburgh Steelers quarterback, Kenny Pickett, that are participating in the Rush to Crush bike ride for curing cancer down on Pittsburgh's North Shore. Kenny was the honorary starter, the chairperson, if you will, him and his fiance, Amy. I know Heather likes down there biking. She probably already ran this morning, too. But this is for such an important cause. Hillman Cancer Center. We are so fortunate in this city to have UPMC and Hillman Cancer Center available. Cancer affects all of us in one way or another, whether it be direct or indirect. We all know someone, a loved one, a friend of a friend, a friend, whatever it may be, that is afflicted with such a a dangerous and deadly disease. And I saw pictures of Dr. Stanley Marks, and we all know him. Uh, he's a, he's a, a very prominent figure courtside at Pitt basketball games. But his work in this community and what he does with patients on a daily basis, really a godsend. So kudos to all those riding to raise money for Hillman Cancer Center today. Kudos to those that have financially supported the cause. 
and stay as dry as humanly possible and stay safe out there as the track gets wet. Secondly, I was greatly fortunate to make the trek up I-79 to Meadville earlier this week. I, I did so. Coach Pat Narduzzi and his wife Donna went up. Coach Walt Harris, his wife Barb were there. Mark Nordenberg, Maureen Anderson, former colleague of, of mine and, and longtime pit fundraiser, and many others were there to celebrate the 97th birthday of Jim Duratz. And I know a lot of you listening out there, pit fans, you know the Duratz Athletic Complex. You may know, you may know Jim, but his niece and nephew, Susan and George Truco, threw a, a bash for, for Jim and just looking at him and, and 97 years old with stories galore. You know, a, a, just a generous benefactor, an incredibly generous benefactor of the University of Pittsburgh. Enjoyed a Manhattan with him and was so great to see a man that has so much pride for the University of Pittsburgh and was so incredibly, incredibly generous to Pitt. Happy birthday, Jim. Birthday's tomorrow, I do believe. 97 years, and here's to the next, here's to the next 97, my friend. Happy birthday to Jim Durat. So, we exit the world of positive news and start talking about the topic du jour, which has dominated airwaves, it's dominated Twitter sphere, it's dominated everything, which is the magnificent seven in the ACC. Reportedly commiserating behind closed doors in an effort to bolster their financial revenues by potentially breaking the ACC's grant of rights. The ACC's grant of rights is mutually agreed upon a signed contract that's kept in Greensboro under lock and key. Not sure when it's going to move to Charlotte. I'm, sh I'm sure eventually. But it, it, it forfeits each member institution's media rights to the conference, to the ACC, until 2036. Breaking the grant of rights, and this is secondhand knowledge, so I'm citing many sources here, not only requires an exit fee or penalty, $120 million plus, but also your media rights, unless you are able to successfully litigate against the ACC and the grant of rights, your media rights are still controlled by the ACC for the balance of the contract. So unless you're willing to pay, the, pay $120 million, lawyer up, go to court, and have it be a long, drawn-out process, likely, you're going to have a hard time breaking the grant of rights, it would seem. However, the Magnificent Seven, Clemson, Florida State, Miami, North Carolina, NC State, Virginia, and Virginia Tech are fed up, apparently. And this was the news going into the ACC conference meetings in Amelia Island earlier this week. They're fed up. They went out. They want a better deal. Got to close the gap between the, AC, the ACC and the Big Ten and SEC. Now, for example, Pitt in 2021-2022, and we'll talk about this more next, ACC distributions were released. Pitt was the largest, had the largest payout from the conference media rights in the Atlantic Coast Conference for that year. Obviously won an ACC championship in football. Roughly $41.8 million, which let's go back 12 years Pitt in the Big East make it about eight to nine million dollars a year. We can we can factor in inflation, but significantly better situation for Pitt 
by all measures. $41.8 million. The average SEC distribution per David Teal, who does a great job, or David Hale, excuse me, does a great job covering this, is about $49.9 million. But here's what makes this more confusing, and here's why I think this is starting to cook up. You're seeing expansion from the Big Ten. The SEC, obviously, is also partnering with ESPN, so there's a little bit of a little brother effect. The Pac-12 is out for renegotiation. The Big 12 is expanding. And Notre Dame is reportedly trying to get its own deal north of $70 million a year. And that's where the Big Ten will be here pretty shortly. It's about $70 million a year per school. So you're looking at a $25 to $30 million delta on an annual basis between ACC institutions and Big Ten schools and SEC schools for that matter. That's a significant chunk of change. So you understand why a Clemson, a Florida State, schools that have competed for college football playoff national championships are frustrated by that. You understand that. And the ACC is not necessarily in the best position to renegotiate with ESPN with 12 years left, 13 years left on the contract. So all of this comes to a head in Amelia Island, reportedly. But everyone comes out of Amelia Island and says, we're all together, we're unified, we've never been stronger, we're looking at ways to to right the ship from a revenue standpoint. But what really can be done? What really can be done, not only from the, from the revenue standpoint to, to increase the revenue share or potentially go to a tiered model or an incentivized model where schools that perform and compete on a national stage get rewarded, incentivized for that type of performance, but to grow the pot if you're locked into a, you know, a remaining 13-year contract. Jim Phillips is tasked with that, and he's been in the chair for a few years now. Easier said than done, but he's tasked with that. Is expansion part of it? Many say not. What's the answer to that question? But on the other side, what's the alternative for Clemson, for Florida State, and the rest of the Magnificent Seven? And I say Clemson and Florida State because, with all due respect, no one's won an ACC championship in football outside of Clemson and Pitt in the past how many years? Florida State is obviously going to be terrific this year on paper. And in the you know beginning 2012-13, they had a run with Jameis Winston, and they were the power. But that has changed over time. Miami hasn't been relevant, had a chance in 2017, but since then hasn't competed on a national stage. They've been ranked here and there. Virginia Tech's not been the same Virginia Tech that we came to expect under Frank Beamer. Carolina's had flashes. NC State's had nine, ten win seasons. But really the schools that have merit are Clemson and Florida State. They're the ones that have carried the torch and have the biggest brands. Miami not far behind from a football standpoint, and that's what drives this. But what's their recourse to get out of the grant of rights? It's, it's been reported to be pretty ironclad. And do they really want to go to the SEC, which would be the most logical fit? Perhaps the Big Ten. Big Ten doesn't have a Florida footprint. Certainly aren't in South Carolina. 
from a competitive standpoint, the Big Ten would be a much better fit. Don't have to knock heads with Georgia, Florida, Auburn, Alabama, A&M weekly. When you're looking at a tilt with, with Michigan or Penn State, Ohio State, everyone else should be not quite on the level of a Clemson or Florida State, you would think. But this is easier said than done, and this seems to me, although it has merit, to be a bit of posturing. So what's to come from this? And we're going to talk about that next. What's to come from this? And I, I'm going to, I don't have a crystal ball. There is a lot going on in college athletics right now outside of this that I think impacts it. Multiple labor lawsuits about employment status for football, men's basketball players that have, would have a significant financial windfall. But what, what, what's the worst-case scenario? And there's another realignment. Where does Pitt stand? Why is Pitt's position strong? We'll talk about that next. Want to hear from you, 412-928-9370. Give me a call. I'll be back on Panthers Insider next with more college football talk.